This is Father Kevin Hale with the homily for the fifth Sunday of Ordinary Time, the 4th of February. One of the best skylines in the world is that of London. Of course, as a Londoner, I'm biased. And the second best skyline is that of Rome. Obviously, the one building that dominates is the dome of St. Peter's Basilica. But there's another large, oddly shaped dome that often goes unnoticed. It's the dome of the synagogue in the ghetto area. It's important because it marks the place where St. Peter lived when he came to Rome. Rome was the centre of the world then, and this simple Galilean fisherman went there because of an inner compulsion to proclaim Jesus Christ, risen from the dead, and to do this at the very centre of the world. It was a dangerous time to be a Christian. In the year 64, the Emperor Nero launched a persecution of Christians, and during this persecution, Peter was rounded up and, as the head of the Christian community, made an example of by being crucified upside down in a new circus on the Vatican Hill. The Pope's altar now stands over the very spot where his body was laid to rest. Peter suffered all of that because of the compulsion he felt to proclaim Jesus Christ risen from the dead. Fast forward now 15 centuries to 1576 Essex, where a newly ordained priest arrived just up the road from here in the village of Ingatestone. His name was John Payne. It was a time when it was a crime to be ordained a Catholic priest, and the Elizabethan laws of the time meant death if you were ordained or functioned as a priest, or even if you harboured one. John Payne has studied in a seminary set up in northern France to train priests for the English mission. It's my old college. He arrived at the house of the Peter family in Ingatestone. It was a local centre for Catholics in those days where they could go secretly to Mass and the sacraments. And he worked in disguise as a steward in that house. Among the other members of staff was a renegade Catholic who handed the government a list of known priests in the area and John Payne was one of those rounded up, eventually committed to the Tower of London. In 1581, he was charged at the court in Chelmsford with conspiracy against the Queen. Despite being repeatedly tortured, he never reneged on his faith and was eventually condemned to death by a corrupt and ignorant jury. The following year, he was executed in Chelmsford for the crime of being a Catholic priest. The death reserved for such a crime was one of the most gruesome invented. He was hanged, drawn and quartered, that is, hanged until not quite dead, your intestines drawn out before your eyes and then your body quartered. At a similar time in the north of our county, there lived a young wife and convert to the Catholic faith, Anne Lyne. Her husband had been arrested for attending Mass and sent into exile in Belgium, where he died soon after. Anne Lyne became a housekeeper to a priest in London, Father John Gerard. On Candlemas Day in 1601, a large group of Catholics had gathered at the house for Mass, causing a certain amount of suspicion. No sooner had Mass begun than the priest hunters descended on the house, but not before the priests had time to divest 
and hide. But she was taken prisoner, tried in the Old Bailey for harbouring priests and condemned to death. At her execution at Tyburn, the modern-day Armable Arch, she announced to the crowd, I am sentenced to die for harbouring a Catholic priest, and so far am I from repenting for having done so, I wish with all my soul that where I had harboured one, I could have harboured a thousand. Both of these saint martyrs knew the situation perfectly, and the complex situation of that time. So why am I relating the stories of these three saints today, of St Peter and 15 centuries later, two of our local saints, John Payne and Anne Lyne? Do we think, yes, I admire these people for their faith and courage and conviction, but a lot of us might think, isn't it just a bit excessive? Would someone today go to those ends to proclaim the gospel and live the demands of our faith to that extent? Aren't we all just on different spiritual paths? I'm a Catholic, you're a Protestant, you're a Buddhist, you're a New Age spiritual person. Who am I to be coming in and imposing my views on you? Isn't it all good that those times of persecution and fanaticism are behind us? As if. Let's look at St Paul in the second reading of the Mass this Sunday. He says... Preaching the gospel is a duty which has been laid on me. I should be punished if I did not preach it. It is a responsibility that has been put in my hands. So though I am not a slave of any man, I have made myself a slave of everyone, so as to win as many as I could. Whatever you think, those are not the words of a laissez-faire, indifferent, anything-goes kind of person. That's not someone who believes that all spiritual paths are the same, or it's a matter of indifference whether we evangelise and bring others into the church or not. Preaching the gospel is a matter of compulsion, as we can see in the way St Paul is seized by God to undertake it, in such a way that he must proclaim him. It's an obligation that has taken root in his very blood and bones. Today that's countercultural. It's difficult, and most of us don't feel that way. But there it is in one of the greatest saints that ever lived, and who himself was also martyred in Rome not long after Peter himself. Our Lord Jesus says, Let us move onto the neighbouring towns and villages to proclaim the gospel, because that is what I've come to do. Jesus himself describes what he has come to do to proclaim this good news. The resurrected Jesus says to the eleven, proclaim the gospel to all creation. This is the essential task of every Christian, of you and of me, us the baptised, those who have been grafted onto Christ Jesus. We think as he thinks, will as he wills. We do exactly what he does, or that's what we signed up to do at least. So watch him, watch the saints, watch Peter and Paul, watch John Payne and Anne Lyne, even though today it seems countercultural, even though today it seems not quite the done thing, in season and out, even when it's dangerous, 
even when it's unpopular to proclaim Jesus crucified and risen, because this is what is inscribed into the very logic of Christianity. We do it always with love, of course, but we do it not caving in to the indifference of our times, but being seized by the same spirit that seized the saints. As we approach next week the feast, our feast of Our Lady of Lourdes, let's ask her above all the saints to help us remain strong and on fire. Let us pray. Keep your family safe, O Lord, with unfailing care, that relying solely on the hope of heavenly grace, they may be defended always by your protection. Through Christ our Lord. Amen.